Welcome to Beyond the Frontline Podcast, where your hosts, U.S. Air Force veterans, Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson, will help you transition from the front line to the home front. Listen every other Wednesday as they will bring great conversations, resources, tips, and feel-good stories that will resonate and relate. Now, here's your hosts, Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson. Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Frontline. I'm your co-host Donna Hoffmeyer, and I am here with my brother from another mother, my co-partner, my co-host, my sometimes pain in the butt keeps me accountable. <laughs> but the one and only Jay Johnson. Hey, hey everybody. It's good to be back. Donna, that was maybe the kindest intro you've given me in a while. That when you only said a pain in the backside, you didn't you didn't lavish some of the other things that I sometimes get called. It's a, I don't I don't call you anything. Well, not on the air. That's true. Thanks. Usually that happens before <laughs> the recording starts. Yeah, to my face. I heard that. That's a lie. All good. It is all good. You can even ask Brian. Yeah. It's I'm, always I'm, positive. Okay, good. So what have you been up to? Look, things have been, yeah, things have been busy, you know, taking on some new government work and traveling around a little bit and then... And then my seasonal kinds of things I dabble in that you know about. I mean, I've been all over the map with not a chance to catch a breath. We haven't had a two-hour lunch in. It's been what six, not, six months? months. Yeah, like we we'll always have we'll like that. our two-hour lunch, and we haven't had it. We'll get it. Lunch is coming on me. I probably owe you for because because you bail me out of too many fires, so I probably owe you a long list of bail you out. I was your I was your Jiminy Cricket. No, not your Jiminy Cricket. What was I when you were doing your event the other day? Uh, it was your, I, your... I, I, I think you were, you know, I, I'll call you a little bit of a co-host. I mean, no, I wasn't the co-host. I was like your, your secretary. I'm not going to keep it all that. running. I'm not going to call you that. I, yeah, big event that I just took on for the government two day workshop, all senior leaders who are transitioning from their military service, all branches of service. And you were in the room and, and awesome. helped and helped and helped tremendously just kind of. We had a lot of fun. Make sure that things went went well. Yeah, it was good. Yep. So all that's good. Our family's healthy. Everybody's healthy. My daughter started, well, not started. She did her first theater production. I saw that. She's in drama club, which is very appropriate for an 11-year-old. I know why they call it drama club. It has nothing to do with theater. Better better to have her in drama club than to have her have drama. You know, There's she identified that. She told me, she goes, Mom, I am going to be doing like a lot of, in sixth grade, they kind of limit them just to get them immersed into junior high and all that, or middle school as they call it. But next year, she can play sports and do all that. She goes, mom, I decided I'm going to be doing a lot of clubs and sports because when I'm doing all that, then I don't have to deal with all that drama. And I, in my head, I said, or create it. Or create and I it, said, yeah. you're absolutely right. <laughs> right. So she had her first production and she was amazing. That's she nice. was what they call the ensemble. The ensemble. So yeah. she doesn't have a name, but she it was her first go, and I thought it was perfect for her. Tara but did they some did of that when she was young. Yeah, they did amazing, and they actually do in competition. So this Saturday is the first competition, and then a couple weeks the next one. So that's we're, exciting. We're all amongst theater right now, so it, it's been fun. Well, I'm glad everybody's healthy, yes. and uh, and it's fun watching you know our kiddos 
uh, grow their own wings, right? And take devil out and other things. So I don't know, Don, I'm pretty excited about today uh, and, and our guest. And, you know, we're still doing this series on resiliency and we've had some amazing people join us and we're just going to add to the list with a bigger capital A amazing in my opinion. Well, and what we usually, what we've been aiming on are all these amazing veterans, right? Sure. They're like doing these like off the chart things, yeah. but and you and I both know that the spouses are often the backbone. So when 100%. these guys are out there and girls are out there getting it done, somebody oh. is at home holding it together, right? Yeah. And then, so what happens when that person, that veteran is no longer, they gave the ultimate sacrifice yeah. and that spouse is now mm. left behind as the ultimate in resiliency, right? Yeah. So 100%. we're gonna hear the story and I'm gonna let you introduce her. Because this really brings amazing to another level and in a whole other perspective. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with you when you talk about backbone. I like to say center of gravity, right? Mm -hmm. I think the the spouse of a veteran is the center of gravity, really, for all things. It's mm -hmm. where it's where we remain grounded. So yes. excited because uh, I uh, met this this lady, a dear friend of mine, when I was still on active duty, and we were stationed at Aviano Air Base in Italy, just a picturesque place to, mm -hmm. to ever have a chance to be stationed Back there many many times yeah we attended church together and just a lot of common friends and she's spoken at a leadership event i do she came out and and spoke and what a you know a dry eye in the room and people just have new perspectives so it i'd like to just uh welcome my dear friend ginger gilbert ravella ginger it's so good to have you join us Hey, Jay and Donna, it's good to be on your program today. Thank you so much. Thanks it's so, coming. yeah, it's so fun. It's good to see you. We always tell our listeners, they don't know, but when we're recording these sessions in studio, we get to see our guests, but we're only, you know, passing along the audio to them, but it's good to see you, Ginger. And uh, I really appreciate more than anything. I know how busy you are <laughs> and I just appreciate you taking the time. Hey, old, old friends, you got to make time for old friends. Always. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, Ginger, give me just a, a few minutes here because I really just want to let people hear just a little bit of your bio to have a sense of who you are. And then we're really just going to, you know, turn to you and allow you to share uh, some of your life journey and, and story. Uh, Ginger Gilbert Ravel is a military wife and widow. She's a mother of five, stepmother of two writer and international speaker. At 36 years of age, she faced the sudden tragic loss of her college sweetheart, husband, in Operation Iraqi Freedom, and the horrors that quickly followed. Her husband, Major Troy Gilbert, an Air Force F-16 pilot, gave his life while serving over 20 Special Operations soldiers, defining a true American war hero. Ginger has appeared in venues such as The O'Reilly Factor, Fox and Friends News, Time Magazine, CNN's The Lead with Jake Trapper, The Golf Channel, USA Today, Air Force Times, Gary Sinise Documentary, Lieutenant Dan Band for the Common Good, Stars and Stripes, NRA Documentary with Lee Bryce, This Is My Cause, CMT News, NBC News Today, PGA Magazine, The Hour with Jamie Ivey, Pardon the Mess Podcast, and she's done numerous radio interviews. Ginger is remarried to another widower in United States Air Force fighter pilot, another person I consider a friend, Colonel retired Jim Ravella, who lost his uh, wife to breast cancer 
and their profound inspirational memoir titled Hope Found is a collection of personal stories beautifully woven together with real-life struggles, vulnerable faith, and unshakable patriotism. And that's who I know Ginger to be and Jim to be. And Ginger, again, we are so thankful to have you on, and we're really looking forward to just you sharing some of your life journey and I know our listeners are going to uh, walk away from this with a uh, appreciation, right, for who our veterans are, our men and women are, our, the backbone of uh, of of every bit of this. So, Ginger, would you would you mind just kind of step in wherever you would like to step in and uh, share some of your story? Sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think. The most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life are military families. They're just overcomers to the next level. And I, I didn't know anything about the military when I was growing up. I grew up in a small town. My parents were in education. And and so when I met Troy in college in Texas and, you know, I, I, I he was the son of an, an Air Force enlisted family and he wanted to be an officer. He wanted to be a fighter pilot. And and I really just wanted to be his wife. I, I wanted to follow him wherever his his journey led. And I it was naive, probably, <laughs> to realize um, that you know what what it would how it would change me the the um, the bittersweetness of of so much of it. But it also really the military uh, life made me into a lot of who I am today. And I am so grateful for um, every family. I realized that I am not the only one to have lost um, someone in combat and in service to our nation. So I'm just grateful to have the platform to be able to represent Gold Star families uh, to our nation and to help them uh, to raise awareness. I don't think the average American really understands, you know, what a military family goes through even before uh, maybe loss of life or loss of limb, uh, just the sacrifices that are made on a day-to-day -day basis. Kids that don't spend their birthdays with their parents or holidays. Um, there's just, there's just, it comes at a great, at a great cost to families for those that, that serve and those that stand alongside them. So I, I, I have definitely, um, you know, I, I grew up not really realizing what was involved. I married Troy. We lived overseas right out of the, right out of the gate. And, um, and I, I just was so um, humbled when I saw what he was willing to do, um, the, the hours that he worked, the time away from our family. We ended up having five children uh, together. And uh, but he he loved he loved serving our country so much and loved flying the F-16 and um, just the, the community, the brotherhood, the missions. And so I, I just it was in that way, it was how could I not support what he did? And and uh, I you know gave up pretty much my career and um, being around family you know, with small children. But I loved him um, and will till the day I died. Um, but I uh, yeah, amazing human being, Ginger. Right? I mean, my memories of Troy and you know I didn't get to spend nearly as much time with him and you all there. We we're all so busy, but. Uh, he always made you feel like you were the most important person in the room. Like he would give you his full attention and time. And he, he had this, uh, I don't know, energy and exuberance about him is what I would say. 
Yeah, I think that's a common statement so many people say um, about him. And, you know, when I met him, he was 17. <laughs> he was a freshman in college, a young freshman <laughs> in college. Oh. And, uh, but, and even at that stage where he wasn't even fully developed, I don't think, I still saw in him this this loyalty and this love for others that, that was the common thread um, from the day I met him when he was 17 in the college school cafeteria up until the day that he gave his life for our country. It's this, this um, thing about him that he loved others in, in the biggest, biggest way, whether he's standing talking to you at church, Jay, or um, ultimately flying, you know, flying surveillance, protecting protecting troops on the ground. So yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. That is, I, I hope, I, I hope that I can, someone will say that about me someday. I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Ginger, I think about that all the time. What will we be remembered yeah. for? And uh, he, he definitely is a memory we will not forget, right? His story deserves to be told and others can learn from it. Yeah, it does. It does. So his story, um, was my story too and then ultimately a god story is what i always say um when we were let's see we were stationed at luke air force base um in 2006 and he uh left for iraq uh, in september we had five children who were all under the age of eight when he deployed uh, our oldest son was eight our second son was six our daughter had just turned three and then we had identical twin baby girls that were six months old Oh, and wow. so, you know, our to say our life was busy was an understatement. He um, he wasn't supposed to deploy that assignment. He was teaching guys how to fly the F-16 at Luke Air Force Base. He was also an executive aide for the wing commander, General Robin Rand. And um, he was working for President Bush uh, on Air Force One as an advance agent. Uh, so that took him on some trips with the president, but he was, you know, he, he was busy, he was gone, but the kind of the, you know, the, the silver lining of the whole assignment was that no matter how busy he was, he wasn't going to deploy to Iraq. And so when General Rand left the air, being the wing commander at Luke Air Force Base, went to Balad base in Iraq to be the wing commander is when he took Troy with him to teach guys how to fly in combat as his top pilot at Luke. Yep. And, um, you know, I remember just thinking, well, this wasn't how it was supposed to be. You know, we had orders. We were already going to Kansas. And and I, I my mind, you know, military wife, we're like, I'm getting it done. We're, I'm looking at housing and we're going to Leavenworth. And that's that's going to be that's he's going to school, you know, next. And so um, it was it was surprising. But I knew, you know, he said, Ginger, I've trained my whole life for this. This is my chance to um, to to really serve in, a, in an even more impactful way. And so I thought, okay, this isn't my plan, but we've got four and a half months. We'll get it done. We'll get through the holidays and he'll be back and then we can get on, get on with life. And so I never lived in fear. I really didn't. Um, I knew he was capable and competent. And, um, and I just think, you know, ultimately in the back of my mind, I always thought maybe God's never going to let this happen to him because we're, you know, we're serving in the church. We're serving our community. He's, he's, he, he's just, he's a light, you know, and lights don't get snuffed out early is sort of, I think what we all think. And um, so when I got that knock at the front door, uh, just right after Thanksgiving, three months after Troy left, and they told me that his jet um, had gone down in a combat mission that morning, I, I think, you know, I remember just saying, we have five kids, this can't be happening. This isn't, 
this isn't our story. This is someone else's story. This is not our story. And, and they, um, they told me that they didn't know, you know, exactly the details. And so in my mind, I thought, okay, Troy was, he was this ace fighter pilot. I'm sure he's fine. You know, he got out of this. He was, I knew, um, I wasn't surprised that he was out defending, um, other warriors, uh, on the ground that day. And, um, but I just, I just knew he was going to be okay. And so it was, um, a huge shock to find out eight hours later that, uh, his plane had gone down and um, that the Iraqis that he was tailing, he was, he was gunning for about, there were 15 insurgent trucks going after this downed special ops uh, black cock had a crash landing and they were being overrun by insurgents. And Troy answered the call on the radio and, um, and came in and was taking out the trucks and uh, on his last pass, his tail clipped the ground and he crashed. And um, those insurgents, probably the end of that stream of trucks that were going after our special operators, uh, the last one took off and went to the crash site and unharnessed Troy from his jet seat and took him as a war trophy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not the first time, Ginger, that I've been in the room with you, even as you've recanted the story. And um, it still has an emotional impact on me. So, um, and, you know, more reason why we appreciate your, your willingness to come on. And, and um, here's where I think I'd like for us to shift to the resiliency piece of this. Mm -hmm. So you, you set the stage, you've now acknowledged that, you know, you, none of this was expected. It, when are things like this, of course, but I mean, he wasn't supposed to deploy when I say that. And here you are with five kids, two of them younger than, than, uh, the age of one. What sustained you Ginger? I mean, I, I know, I know part of that anyway, um, talk about what you leaned on, what, what you did to continue to function and take care of the family? Well, you know, I, I was 36 years old at the time. And I, I thought that I was this, you know, super strong, really tough, you know, military wife. I had done so much. I felt like I, I, I'd grown so much over that 13 years that we'd been married. Um, but I, I really, you know, when you have your whole world ripped out from underneath you, it doesn't matter how strong you think you are or uh, how how big your faith is or whatever your support system. I mean, you, you don't really know till you know, till it happens to you what you're going, how you're going to respond. And I think my initial response was just that military wife, we're going to get things done. We're going to have the funeral. And, and I, I knew we knew that Troy had been killed um, because of DNA skull fragments found at the crash site. There's no way he could have survived. So I was really just so thankful, praising God that he was not a POW. He wasn't alive, even though they had his body. Um, but we were, you know, our private family pain became, became front page CNN news. And, um, and so I, I was, kind of grappling with just running out of steam, uh, you know, and running out of my own, um, what I had, the reserve I had. And, and I really went through a lot of dark days, um, just struggling with sleep and depression and anxiety. And, um, and I, I think, how could I not, you know, right. Um, but I think there was a point where another widow came into my life. I didn't know anyone at that point who had lost their spouse in, in, 
service to our nation and she really spoke some truth some hard maybe some hard truth to me about just like keeping on walking not quitting waiting for the feelings to feel better waiting for the days to be lighter um but just to find a, a purpose and a, and a mission and, and it, even if that was you know whether big or small it was to take care of troy and i's children to carry on his legacy and um and i started speaking for military charities at that point um didn't really plan on that being the path that i would go down but i, I realized wow there's like i get to represent um these families and they deserve all the help in the world that we can possibly give them there's only one percent you know of america that serves the other 99 percent how how long after like you said you started speaking but from the time you find out to getting to the point of speaking, what was that time frame and how did you kind of get there? Because I, it's funny that when I was listening to you, I was kind of smiling because I'm a nurse by trade and I'm a great crisis worker. If it's all going to hell in a handbasket, I'd be standing in the middle of it, directing traffic and doing all of that. And people will look at me like, how in the heck is she functioning? Because I just shut off and I go into automatic mode. And then eight months later, when everybody's processed, I'm over there falling apart. And they're just like, what's wrong with her? Oh, like, yeah, don't worry. So I'm just curious, like, what was going on during that time then to the point where you got to speaking? Well, I I have, I'm a Christian. I've, I have walked with the Lord my whole life. We had an amazing church. We had a great support system through the military community, the other pilots that Troy were in Troy squadron. I mean, I had a great system and I will always, always be thankful to those people that, that came in and just showed up every day with a casserole or a plunger or taught my kids how to ride a bike or just, just showed up for me. And, and it wasn't always the, no one had the right words, but people just loved me tangibly in ways I needed it. And so I'm, I'm so thankful to them without the Lord, without faith that I have, a, that there is a bigger, this life isn't all that there is. Um, and I, I know that that's the prayers of so many people lifted me up on days I couldn't get out of bed. Um, but I, I think that just finally, you know, making the decision, I got some medical help. I mean, I'm totally, at first I was very opposed to taking any kind of antidepressant or anything, but I, I was sort of wasting away. I mean, I, I didn't have the strength or energy or sleep behind me to take care of my kids. And so I, I had a great medical doctor who sort of helped me, you know, balance that whole like faith and prayer, but medicine and all of those things. And so I, it was, it was a bunch of things, you know, I can't say there's just one, one thing. Um, but the Lord really, you know, he, he showed me so many things in that time. And, you know, I tell people now, as I go out and, and we have retreats for widows and I, I'm really sort of going back to that hard place to sit with people who are in that hard place is um is that you have to believe things that you don't feel you have to hang on to um hope because i think that's the one thing that we all can't live without we can live without a lot of stuff but we can't live without hope and i finally was like i can't let go that i have the hope my kids have the hope that we will have brighter days ahead that this isn't going to be the end of us and i pro you know for a long time there were months that i've prayed that it would be the end of us but but it, it um it was it was very 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 fulfilling to go back and be able to share about Troy's story because the thought of his name not being spoken anymore 
um, broke my heart because he was this this amazing man. He was a hero among heroes, and even in our day to day life, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you said that last part, Ginger, two two quick things. Um, number one, I was out in uh, Arizona last summer. I think I maybe even sent you a note uh, at Luke Air Force Base and uh, had to pull off to the side of the road. I'm going to get emotional because mm-hmm. you know well there's a bridge there that's the uh, Troy Gilbert Memorial Bridge that crosses over the, you know, the road that passes in between the base. And um it warmed my heart to know they honored him and his memory and you and the family in that way. Uh, and at AETC, uh, General Rob, uh, Rob, Robin Rand was our commanding general and uh, probably the very first commander's call he did. I'm sitting in the theater and going to hear from the new boss and he shares Troy's story. I don't know if you knew that, yeah. uh, but I'm sitting out there and I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me, right? I am so glad that there are people out there speaking his name. So I just, I wanted to share that with you as you brought that in. I I think another thing too is um, when you, about speaking their name and talking about them and keeping that memory alive, you know, a lot of people that have not either had any experience with with losing somebody close um, in any capacity, they're hesitant, like, I don't want to offend her or whatever. And, um, you know, I lost somebody a couple of years ago, you know, and it, it struck hard. And in our house, you know, we'll bring up like, oh, when he did this or whatever it was. And it's just like, it does keep that person there. So it's, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, you don't want that to be gone and forgotten. And to just speak to them as they're still a presence, because they are you know, it's comforting. It is. It is. Yeah. And when I, you know, I, I remarried as, as you mentioned, Jay, uh, Jim Ravella is a Colonel flew the F, uh, he flew the F 15 E and, uh, he lost his wife of 24 years, uh, to cancer and he had, they had two boys. And so we blended our families, sort of a modern day Brady bunch, you know, so where did you guys meet? Where, how did you guys meet? Well, that's in the book. It's a very sweet story. Um, Yeah, but it's just through an Air Force friend, but it was really while his wife was still alive. We we had this beautiful email relationship, never in a million years, lived all the way across the country, never thought we would ever, I would ever get to meet this beautiful couple, Jim and Andrea Ravella, but, um, but we got connected and just through our common bond of faith in the Lord um, and walking through suffering faithfully, they really ministered to me and helped me. And, you know, I, I just, like I said, it was, it was just nothing I ever dreamt of that I would ever meet, meet them much less end up, you know, marrying Jim. And so, yeah, we, we both talked about that, that thing, you know, what is that thing that, that, that connects people who, who have suffered tragedy and trials and the longer we all live, we're all going to, Um, but it's just that like, we we're going to sit with it, hold hold the loss, and and we still feel like Troy and Andrea live in this home with us. Sometimes it's crowded, but <laughs> but but, uh, but they do because how they we Jim wouldn't be who he is, wouldn't have been the man I would have married without Andrea's yeah. life. Yeah, and so yeah, you you are really a beautiful couple, beautiful blended family, and just to remind everybody, the book is called Hope Found. You had just had it published when you came out and spoke at that conference 
okay. with me. Thanks. Yeah, you're, it's a it's fantastic. I have a copy, so I'll put it in Donna's hands. Should she? I'll go buy it. Now, I'm a fellow author. I'll go buy the book. I know how this goes. Well, it's you know we wrote it not just for ourselves and our children and their children and their children but really it's written for anyone who's just yeah. walking through hard things in life and going wait where is god in this and this doesn't make sense and how how can i walk through something so painful and um you know and be maybe better and not bitter because there is a choice to be made there, all of us all of us whether whatever the kind of trauma or tragedy we all you know endure it's like well you, there's a fork in the road, you know. Ginger, there's this other piece that uh, I'll see if you're you're willing to share. Uh, so, you know, you stood tall. I appreciate your authenticity. You've shared with our listeners. You didn't say everything was easy. In fact, you quite frankly shared the really vulnerable part about what you really struggled with and what you had to overcome. And none of it was easy, but you have, you clung tightly to hope is what I heard and continue to lean into to our Lord and Savior. And there's another part though. This part is the fighter in you. This part is the part where you are not going to allow our senior military leaders to forget Troy and that they had an obligation to, uh, to bring him home. You mind sharing? some of no. what you went through to to ensure that that day came yeah you know when when president obama pulled all of our troops out of iraq um maybe what was that 10 or 11 and and you know troy's body's still missing i know they've been searching but uh, it was sort of like wait wait what's going to happen now all of our troops are gone and troy's still over there and uh in in the air force it was it was a you know some tough days um trying to it, troy's case was was an anomaly you know that that here we have this dna he's considered killed in action it's the, that part of it kind of case closed but then here is his entire body is still over there um the department of missing persons you know that that's not it wasn't like in vietnam you know where we didn't have the dna it, it was he did fall in this very very small crack and, um, I, you know, I, I wanted the Air Force and Troy's family um, wanted the Air Force to do the right thing and keep the case open and, and whatever could be done. And, and and so it was it was some back and forth, you know, with them trying to recognize, even though, yes, his body is, you know, technically accounted for with DNA, it really isn't. So uh, it, it, you know, I, I learned later um, as time went on, our special operations community, our intelligence community still just hard at it, uh, always listening, always, always um, keeping the fires burning for searching for him. And I'm really grateful to the special operations community for never ever um, quitting. And, um, and ultimately uh, they would be the ones who would who would recover him in 2016 it was the same units um different guys older guys younger guys um they you know 10 years later but it would be that same that same unit that would that would pull him out and bring him home eventually yeah when you say the same unit ginger i just want to make sure for the listeners so the same one the same unit that troy was defending on the ground from the insurgents right you know, they really uh, never uh, lost sight of their appreciation for him, and uh, he became one of theirs. Yes, the Night Stalkers, uh, really. Yeah. 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 So ultimately, well, yeah, he's there, you know, they, they're loading his body 
um, on, after a, a, an epic, you know, midnight, very dangerous recovery mission. Troy had been, his body had been traded by Iraqi tribal leaders for 10 years as a war trophy um, and they risked their lives to go in and get him and bring him back to this country. And I'll be just eternally, eternally grateful to that specific community for how they never forgot, never left him behind on the field of battle, truly. And Troy's uh, remains are interned at Arlington, isn't, isn't that correct? They are there at Arlington, and I'm, I love it when anyone can swing by there in Section 60, Grave 8520, and send me a photo. And, and yeah, he's he's awesome. he's laid to rest among many American heroes. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm going to make it by there, Ginger. I was uh, part of an honor flight for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half where we were taking some of our nation's aging veterans to go see the memorials that stand in their honor, right? The Vietnam Wall, the Korean Memorial, World War II Memorial, of course. But we, the schedule was always so stringent, I wasn't able to break away from the schedule we had with our veterans to go see Troy. But uh, I'm scheduled to be in Virginia to to speak in uh, in March, and I'm telling you, I'm uh, I'm going. So yeah. thank you, appreciate. I'll be at Langley, yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll hop in a I'll hop in a car and take a ride. So. That's a beautiful base. Yeah. yeah. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So, so Ginger, how about this? Thank you again for just sharing. And um, what what advice maybe do you have for someone who's facing something? Right, we all face something uh, in in generally many things over the course of our lives. Somebody's going through some hard times. What what would you offer to them? I would say to be honest about your struggles. I think too many people hide behind whether it's social media or um, just not being honest about where they're at and you can't get the help you need uh, without truly raising your hand and saying i'm struggling and i need i need someone to speak some life and truth into me i need someone really just to show up because like i said it's not the words that there's no magic words to um help people who especially people who have lost someone but you can sure be there and sit with them and hold their hand and mow their yard and um, babysit their kids and and I just I look at the tangible ways people really just showed up for me and and that reminded me that God had not forgotten us and so um you know I would say dig deep into uh, your faith your beliefs because I, I think we ha we can lose sight in this life of this is it and this is all there is to live for but there's so much more and we have the hope of eternity I believe that um and I I think, you know, I, Troy's life inspired me. He was not a quitter ever, ever, ever. Um, he was about other people always. And I want to honor his name, his legacy, his memory. I would know his children do as well. Um, and we, we aren't, we aren't going to be quitters. We're going to um, continue. Troy went back time and time again, flew, flew those passes the low dangerous fast passes um, over that desert floor that day to save the men that he never knew. And if there's maybe something I say or do or the book um, that maybe would help someone else um, just to to get up and keep walking, then I, I feel like then I, I've honored him and, and, and the Lord. Um, yeah. Did you um, did you ever um, utilize TAP? The tragedy assistant 
program? Xenotaps has so many wonderful programs. Um, I did not, but I have tons of friends that have. Uh, I kind of jumped into more than the military nonprofit space and the ministry space uh, and found found help there. I went to counseling. I would definitely recommend people going to find a really good counselor. And um, but I, I definitely know TAPS has been a great help to people. And, and you know, now I, I have, we have a widow's ministry. And and so I feel like I, I, I am still in that community of of people who have lost and and I love that maybe you know there's there's a way they look at me and think there's a lighthouse you know I'm gonna keep swimming <laughs> kind of yeah. kind of the dory you know Nemo thing like right keep swimming. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. <laughs> well and just for our audience so for our military don't confuse taps with an S with tap the transition assistance yeah. Yeah. taps is tragedy I don't remember the whole acronym. Uh, tragedy assistance for dependents, or no, tragedy assistance program for survivors. Survivors, right. right. Um, great program. I know somebody that, that utilized it quite a bit. They did outings and it, it's a community, right? It's a whole community mm -hmm. of support like you were talking about. You, know, you built yours um, and not everybody may be in the same situation, um, but I will give a huge shout out to military families um, because let me tell you, when it's all going downhill, they show up. And, and even when it's a good thing, when I had my son, my husband's, um, you know, I'm a dependent and I'm also military, you know, retiree. And when I had, we had our son every single day for a week, we had food coming in the house. I mean, I had like freezer full because we weren't eating as much as what was coming in. I was like, my gosh, you know, so good uh you know events bad events they show up and like you said mowing a lawn it doesn't seem like a big deal but when your mind is so everywhere and you look outside and you see one more thing that's just chaotic it's just it could just tip you over the edge right yeah. like god now there's that and i don't have the energy to do it so mm -hmm. the smallest acts are sometimes the the biggest impacts you know so nothing's yeah. too small or too big to do you know so true so true and you know people want i think everybody wants to help in the beginning but it, it's the people who are Sticking after out. months and years you know still remembering us when i get notes on november 27th still after you know this year it'll be you know it's been 16 years and i still hear from people on november 27th and that is just like it it just makes you feel so um so loved and never forgotten and so i always encourage people like just you know holidays are hard anniversaries are hard and and so our our retreats that we have for widows and conferences that we put on for widows we really we really try to honor you know that 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 loved one and tell them you know that's the the main thing people want is they don't want to be alone in the hard times and so i i just think if we can't love god and love others you know if that can't be that's my that's my goal you know in life is like i i just hope that someday you know that at the end of my life they'll say okay she did she loved god she loved people and whatever else she did doesn't really matter <laughs> amen to that yeah amen hey ginger i won't bring her name in i'll off 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 the podcast i'll share but you and i have a friend in common and uh, she was one of my students when I was at uh, Auburn University. So we're going to, at some point in the future, we'll have her on too, but I'll share that with you. But it is a community and y'all do a fantastic job. And 
in my outside looking in opinion of leaning on each other, being there for each other. I just wanted to let everybody know again, all of uh, Ginger's information we're going to upload in the write up to the podcast. You'll be able to find her websites, but here's a couple of the websites to for the book. Uh, the website is theanchorofhope.com. I really encourage you to go out there and and pursue that for you for there's so much goodness inside of you know tragic events that uh, that you and Jim have experienced in life, but there's so much goodness in it for help and hope. And then the other one you were just talking about these widow retreats, uh, neveralonewidows.com/team is a is a good way for people to get out there. And maybe if you'd be willing to share, even Ginger, I know you are an ambassador for the Gary Sinise Foundation. What does that look like? What are you out there doing? Well, you know, Gary's just a dear friend of mine, and Jim works for Gary now. The foundation just moved from L.A. here to Franklin, Tennessee, so we're I very happy, that. very happy about that. And um, you know, they serve that commute up. Yes, yeah, it did shorten the commute up. Yeah, Jim can come home for lunch now. Uh, yeah, we, you know, Gary just is such a passion for veterans, first responders, and their families, and so I, I'm honored to represent Gary when he can't be places and just um, just try to share about you know great programs like Snowball Express, where uh, fallen families go to Disney every year. Uh, during the holidays and um, Gary helps fund our uh, portion of our Never Alone retreats. We have uh, one retreat a year that is solely for military and first responder um, families and wives and they uh, that happens in Nashville in the fall and then we put on um, some other retreats in a conference in Atlanta throughout the year. So if anyone's listening uh, who is a widow and lost her husband. Our conference is in Atlanta, mid-February. It's open to all widows. If you're 20 or 80 or had children, never had children, uh, yeah. we would welcome you to come be a part and just find community. Uh, and then the retreats are for, you know, little smaller smaller groups of women who uh, have lost their spouse and still have children in the home and are kind of in the weeds. And we're there to be like, hey, sister, you know, we're going to be with you in the weeds. Is it just for uh, if you lost a spouse, like if a mom lost a child, or does that count too, or is that just spouses? We just, just serve spouses. Those. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. And then I still enjoy speaking for other military charities and just trying to raise awareness and raise funds. I, I believe our these kids. You know, my kids have been tremendously helped by other foundations, and now now my children are they're not children anymore. They're twenty five, twenty two, nineteen, and those twins are about to be seventeen years old, and and they all know the value of someone just coming alongside them. And I, they're all giving back in their own ways, and it's exciting. Actually, my son Grayson is in San Antonio. He's a, oh, is that true? Yes, What's he, doing? he is a contractor, a fitness contractor with um, the military. He's at Randolph, and he's helping fighter pilots. Yeah, fighter pilots and special operators. All of the students keeping them fit, 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 fit for their flying and all of their adventures. So he's you have to go check door. in. I'm yeah, gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go look go. him up. Of course, he doesn't know me. You know, but no, I, that's not my kids. Up. My kids know they've got a. They've got an extended military family. They love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. And listen, I'm just gonna say to all the listeners out there. Look, I, I'm in the speaker circuit, not to the degree that Ginger is. She's phenomenal. Uh, you definitely want to bring her into your event. I encourage you to reach out to her, have that conversation, and. Uh, you you will not be disappointed, but I admire and respect you so much, Ginger, and uh, and I just beyond words appreciate your willingness to continue to serve the veteran community 
Um, it is who you are. You said earlier, you know, you just hope that anything you do uh, honors his memory. And I'm telling you, you always have. You are. Your 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 amazing kids and family are. And uh, and I just I'm so thankful to have you in my life personally, even though we don't get to to see each other or sit around a cup of coffee and commiserate. I just want you to know you're never far from my thoughts personally. Thank you, Jay. I think uh, the military family is just that. It's a family, and I'm so grateful to have met you, Donna. appreciate y'all having me on your program today. Really oh, it appreciate. is our honor. It is very, very, I was very excited to have you come on. I really wanted to hear the story, and honestly, you popped on in a bright smile, and I was like, wow. You know, it, that says a lot, you know, because there, there are people that are, that are not, you know, they are not, and, and you see it, right, Ginger? You see it, and and they're not and we don't have the magic key to that what changes it you know um resiliency is such an enigma in a way i mean we have lots of things we can do to be resilient we can give lots of tips we can hold hands we can sit with them but at the end of the day you know it's the mud and rope is what i call it and it, we can throw the ropes but they have to pull themselves out of the mud and for some it, it it's a lot of mud you know, so so we honor that, you know, and we hope that we can just get enough ropes to all these people to get themselves out of the mud. Yeah. I think you are. You're doing it by by having podcasts like this, you know, and just just reaching out to people um, through through uh, technology. is It's a beautiful thing. You know, I didn't have that back in 2006. And, and uh, so I think, you know, use we're all supposed to use uh, the time, the resources, the talents we have for good. And y'all are doing it. So thank you. Uh, appreciate appreciate, appreciate you. that. Yeah. Any any final thoughts, Ginger, as we start to to wrap this up? Anything that's on your heart that maybe didn't come out that you'd just like to convey to the listeners? You know, I think as as it's the beginning of a year, you know, New Year, you and I have been talking about this, doing this for a while, and so I, I think it's it's a great time to for us all to to just um sort of take account of of gratitude in our life for the things that we have and the things that we don't are the people that we long for. Uh, to find ways that we can still um, that we can still honor their memory and and really um, I think there's so much healing in, in helping other people and getting out of our own bubble and I had a friend that said her daddy used to tell her stop staring at your navel you know <laughs> and I think uh, I think about that a lot because I, I think there I realized you know um, grief made me into a much more compassionate person I think I see hurting people uh more than i ever did before i was one of them and so i would encourage anybody who's struggling maybe you feel like i don't have it in me you know i don't have it in me to help someone else because i'm hurting so bad but i, I think the surprising thing is when we when we turn um our eyes and and look around and maybe reach out to someone else there is just a great amount of healing and perspective that can come from that yeah i agree yeah. thank you for that donna any well, last thoughts you know when you said you know dad said stop looking at our navel <laughs> that's cute <laughs> i told uh i always tell my kids you know when you're feeling down and out do something nice for someone else mm -hmm. because there is always somebody around that is in a worse situation than you so and true. you can show gratitude toward that and give back um it's not going to necessarily take away your pain but it might give you a new perspective and it might help you work through it so. so true. Yeah, that is that is very true. But I appreciate y'all um, saying Troy's name today. 
Uh, he he would have been he'd be 50 now it's hard to imagine um him being a 50 year old man but i i know i know that you know he would have um he would have never in a million years imagined that his story would have been in time magazine or anything but i think the one thing he would want people to remember is just to to live for others so thank you for letting me share his story today yeah, very much appreciated. And I'll just wrap us up by, you know, using a quote. Those of you listening in, you know, I pull these out all the time. Quote uh, master. I, yeah, I'm a repository of these things. I don't know who to attribute this one to. You may know as I say it, but uh, to what you were saying, Donna, it's uh, you have not lived until you've done something for someone who will never be able to repay you. So that's what's kind of weighed on my spirit. So, Ginger, again, thank you uh for the time to your amazing family can't wait to see you all at some point in the future my best to everyone and on behalf of my co-host donna hoffmeyer our special guest ginger gilbert ravella and our parent network uh coming home well this is another episode of beyond the front line and we look forward to hearing from you reach out leave us a note let us know something that touched you today from this episode uh, certainly, we appreciate a like, follow, a share, but uh, we will continue to serve you as you all continue to serve others. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Frontline, a podcast of coming home well. Join us every other Wednesday. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Follow us on Instagram at ComingHomeWell underscore BTS or on Twitter at ComingHomeWell. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well.